Herb Alpert and the two on a brass. I'm Carson Sestouli. This is Fangraphs Audio. Today's edition of Fangraphs Audio, we reach deeply into Fangraphs' generously proportioned mail sack and find a tweet from Buddy Redman, or at least someone with the Twitter handle Buddy Redman, asking about the Astros' pending move to the American League West. To help us better understand the question, I bring in Fangraphs contributor Brandon Warren. Brandon helps us to better understand the sale of the Astros to Jim Crane and the consequences of the Astros' move on the field. The reader might also have some cause to point and laugh at the both of us as we attempt poorly to summarize the MLB expansion and realignment of the 90s. And my join us in pointing and laughing as Brandon and I discuss briefly Carlos Lee's contract with the Astros. In the small talk portion of the show, we also discuss Brandon Warren's home state. I won't reveal it this instant. However, I will tell you that Mr. Warren is partial to hot dish, and this is his voice right here. The noon moon, you know? Prepare yourself for 15 or so minutes of that voice as you enjoy my conversation with Brandon Warren. Carson. Uh, is this Brandon Warren? Warren? Yes, indeed. You've got him. That's how to say That's how to say your your surname? Yes, sir. Yeah, so hello there. How you doing? I'm all right. Nice to meet you. This is the first time we've spoken. Yeah, I believe uh, first or second, yeah. Oh, that's in fact right. Yeah, we contacted each other over the phone uh, when you had uh, just been hired, uh, I guess, or something close to it to discuss because you help with the community blog. Yeah, and I think we talked about a Notgraphs when I switched over to Notgraphs to help out there too. We had a, a conversation, so we've become briefly acquainted. But still, this is great to put some words between us here. Yeah. Now I, I should say, well, first of all, where are we where are we contact you? I think you're. I think you, and it it's, might be obvious by your accent, but I think you're in Minnesota. Yeah, northwest suburbs of Minneapolis, and it's it's my voice. I, I it's a cross I carry. <laughs> and you you were born and raised in that area. I was born and raised in the northwest corner of the state, about 400 miles north of here, and I've lived in, in the suburbs of Minneapolis since I was uh, in my second year of college in 2005. So I've been here going on six years. Okay, all right. And uh, that's nice to that's a nice place to be? It's not bad. It's cold, but I don't mind cold too much, and people are pretty sane, so it's all right. They have a uh, hot dish. Is that a thing that exists for real? A hot dish, yes. What is a hot, What is a hot dish? That's basically an amalgamation of noodles, meat, and sauce. You can do a lot of different things. There's a tater tot hot dish that my wife makes, which is tater tots and cream of mushroom soup and uh, ground beef. You can do like a uh, a goulash, which is is like tomato sauce, ground beef, and elbow noodles. It's kind of like a lazy man spaghetti. There's a lot of different uh, things you can put together. Yeah, those sound del- uh, those are delicious. And, and do they have roots? Why do why don't people have hot dish other places, or is it just called something different? You know, I wonder if it's not like a weather thing. You want to eat something hot and easy to make when you get home from a, a cold day, and it's already dark. It's going to be dark here probably in the next forty-five minutes to an hour. I'm sure you can relate as well. Yeah, and pe- um, what people should know is we're actually recording this at eleven thirty a.m. Right? Yeah, and uh, so it's like land. It's like land of the noon moon. You know? Yeah. Crazy. Oh, yeah, I do know. I do know what you're talking about. Uh, now, I should also say, with regard to your physical appearance, if anyone is familiar with the book by Bill Buford about British hooliganism called Among the Thugs, <laughs> you, Brandon, 
at least from the one shot uh, that's attached to your Twitter account, you look like you stabbed the guy on the cover of Bill Buford's Among the Thugs and took his place in the photograph. Well, until everything shakes out, I'm not at liberty to discuss, but I'll say this much. I'm 6'2", about 265 pounds, and I can run a 5 flat 40. So I'm, I'm a big fella. A 5 flat 40? Is that that's fast? It's decent. It's not extraordinarily fast, but it's okay. So did you are you were you an athlete then? I played high school uh, football and baseball, and then I played a little bit of baseball in college, and I play amateur baseball in the Twin Cities here. Uh, Class A is kind of the top level of amateurs, and I play that. Oh, okay. Do you have a Do you have a power swing? Actually, this year was my best year. I hit 305. Started adding a little power. I got contact lenses, and it turns out if you can see, yeah, it, it helps a lot to hit if you can see. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Already from uh, right from the horse's mouth. Oh yeah. I just called you a horse. I don't know. It's all good. Yeah, that's good. So we're talking to a giant man. Is what yeah, we're doing. Pretty He's much. A giant. I can't believe you fit in the radio. That's great. This has been the uh, getting to know you segment of the podcast. We're going to get down to some brass tacks. Oh, I asked you. Actually, I asked you because a, a curious reader asked. Reader Buddy Redman, or at least his his Twitter handle is at Buddy underscore Redman. He asked a number of questions. We'll get to the third and most earnestly stated first. He just, well, he says realignment, question mark, but it occurs to me we haven't discussed it on the podcast. And it's also possible that it's received less attention in the media than one might otherwise assume, and perhaps we can address why that might be the case as well. But the fact of the matter is, maybe it's not a fact yet, that the Astros are moving to the American League West, I believe is the case. But yeah. um, you are an industrious young man, and I believe that you've uh, read into the subject a little bit. So maybe uh, start at the beginning. It's the very best place to start. Well, it sounds to me like Crane backed out of the sale from the Astros a couple years ago. Anyway, now in his negotiations and here, sorry, what's his name? What's his uh, first name? Is Jim, Jim, Jim Crane. Okay. Um, he requested some kind of kickback from MLB to incentivize moving to the American League. They want to move to the American League, at least my understanding is, to even it out so that the schedule is a little more balanced, so that there's an equal divisional game balance. They want to add two playoff teams, one to each league. Uh, you know, beyond that, I don't. I, I can kind of address things individually, but from there I don't really know where to go. No, no, that's fine. Um, what would you like to kind of hone in on? Well, yeah, I mean, the first point is regarding alignment or realignment. Even a child, even a not particularly smart child, looking at the way that the teams have been constructed, you know, at least in recent memory, would note that it's weird that there are only four teams in the American League West and there are six in the NL Central. I'm trying to remember how that happened in the first place. I know that there were a couple series of was it with the Brewers moving to the National League and the Diamondbacks and Rays coming into existence in 1998? Oh, okay, and so then we ended up with a glut of NL Central. Yeah, there were 14 teams on each side before, because after the divisions became a three-division race, which I think started in 1994, they added the divisions, and they were they were split evenly because there was 26 before the Rockies and Marlins. They added them, and then there was 28. It was still evenly split after that. And then they moved the Brewers 
but you've got now you've got me kind of stumped why exactly that occurred because now my logic is not really adding up. Well, let's start with when they added both the Rockies and the Marlins because those are both National League teams. Right. And so what did it look like right before that? Well, there was the Western and Eastern Division on each side. Yeah. And if you've got 26 teams, you would have had to have 14 in the American and 12 in the National because they both went to the National League. Yeah, okay. So then we ended up with 28 total. And then at around the same time that the Brewers moved over to the National League, that was also when... When they added a team on each side. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It only makes sense... It only makes sense if you factor in that Bud Selig was uh, not necessarily the owner of, but had ties to, at that point, the Milwaukee yeah. Brewers. And there was some yeah. sort of competitive advantage, I imagine, for the Brewers at the time? Yeah, I don't know. They had John Jaha and Greg Vaughn. Maybe they should have kept the DH. <laughs> yeah, those players. Speaking of uh, beefy. So then we ended up with a situation where we had all those NL Central teams. And then somehow it's the Astros. Do we know why now, why it's the Astros and not, for example, uh, any other team in the, the NL Central that's getting moved over? I guess what it boils down to is, is with this sale, the MLB can kind of shoehorn that into the agreement. They can kick some money back into the pocket of Mr. Crane. And I think the Players Association favors adding playoff teams. At least that's based on what I've read. I've read some Maury Brown Biz of Baseball it's got to be just a cash cow to add more playoff games, whether it's a single-game playoff, which is crazy, will sell out, get all kinds of advertising, or they may do a three-game series. I don't know what their their ultimate plan is. Um, according to Selig, that's still on the table and not guaranteed yet, but they want to get it for next year. So I'm not exactly sure. I, I don't particularly favor it, but if the Players Association does, you can bet it'll pass You know, just as easily as Jim Crane's ownership did, which was... Uh, which was unanimous. All, all the owners passed it. So it's going to pass if they want it, but I don't know if they'll hammer out the details fast enough for it to be ready next year. Right, yeah. It, it appears as though 2013 is the target date. Is that right? I think that's probably the most realistic date, too, because you can't do too many different things because teams have to think about how they're going to construct their teams already. And, you know, there's teams that, like, for instance, the Toronto Blue Jays may not have had had their eyes set on playoffs this year you know, rather than the year after. And there's there's an element of roster construction that you have to go through um, if you think there's a, a legitimate chance you can make the playoffs. Maybe you sign a guy that's worth a certain amount. or it, It's kind of the same thing that goes into having a salary floor and adding marginal wins, and it, it gets really long-winded easily. But I, I, think, I think you follow where I'm going with that. Yeah, I see that. Now, from a competitive standpoint, obviously the Astros were pretty terrible in 2011, given the fact that this past season also saw them get rid of their best players in, for example, Michael Bourne and Hunter Pence, and um, now with Clint Barmas departing, who was uh, perhaps not excellent with the bat, but is generally above average with the glove, uh, they don't appear to likely to contend in 2012, although they've at least gone uh, committed to rebuilding uh, to some degree. What do we think that this makes? We'll start first with the the uh, the AL West in 2013. Obviously, that that's some way off. Um, but do the Astros will they be a competitive team by the time they end up there, or will they be closer to competitive? Uh, I think it's safe to say they'll be closer to competitive because they will shed Carlos Lee's contract in the meantime. But 
still a pretty barren farm system. Um, they have no talent, and they got a few guys, you know, they're on the way up, but they're going to have to be pretty creative. I don't know what revenue streams are going to do when they move divisions or anything like that, or if it will even affect that. But I would say, realistically speaking, you know, things can change overnight, but I would say the earliest they would probably contend would be 2014, 2015. Yeah, and they do have some talent. I think they, you know, Jordan Schaefer, um, I, I, he's not particularly one of my favorite players, but at least he has some upside. Um, and uh, Jose Altuve, I believe is how you say that player's last name. Yeah, the second baseman. Second baseman with pretty excellent contact skills, if not necessarily anything like uh, plus power. Um, Brett Wallace has been a problem. Uh, most recently, the the top um, prospect, at least per Baseball America, is Jonathan Singleton whom the team acquired from the Philadelphia yeah. Phillies for Hunter Pence. Cozart's up there, too. Right. Yeah, Jared Cozart. Is that right? Yeah, so they do have – I mean, there's the nice thing is their prospects are spread out across the diamond a little bit. Altuve's a second baseman and Schaefer's an outfielder. Uh, so they've got some depth coming through, but they're going to need – you know, they got to determine if Bud Norris is the guy they're going to build around. Uh, Wandy Rodriguez, they've been dangling him back and forth. Really hard to tell where he stands. It doesn't really make a ton of sense to keep Wandy around, and he's got a friendly enough contract. I would think they would consider moving him, especially because his rates are declining too. But, you know, there's not a lot of liabilities there either. So they're in a good position to move forward, bring up some youngsters, and fill in the gaps with some decent free agents. I just don't know where I would start if I was the general manager. And then in the NL Central... Uh, we have five teams now, um, starting 2013. Obviously, or I shouldn't say obviously, but likely the Astros won't be much of a factor this year anyway. Uh, in, in, to some degree, probably um, it's probably an advantage to have them in one's division. Although if everyone gets a shot at them, then I suppose it doesn't create much of a competitive advantage, except for the wild card, which came out of the NL Central this year anyway. So perhaps, uh, perhaps for one more season the other five NL Central teams will, will benefit from getting to play the Astros however many times they get to play them, somewhere between 15 and 18, I would assume. So using 2011 as a baseline, I guess we can say that if there's any effect on the NL Central in the, uh, the short term, it's actually maybe going to be a disadvantage because you won't be able to beat up on the Astros all the time. Yeah, it would be like your little brother going to live somewhere else. Right. Basically speaking. So, yeah, who do you beat up then? Neighbor children? Pittsburgh, I guess. Yeah. That seems to be the easy one. You <laughs> yeah, know? That's right. Although they seem to be hopefully turning a corner, in, but then just when you think they're doing that, they go and, you know, they sign a catcher that <laughs> it was a Rod Barajas that still got people scratching their head a little bit. So, you know, they're, they're trying, but it's an interesting seri uh, series of events going on down there, too. Okay. Um,. So that, that's that information about realignment, and uh, and I feel perhaps that we're slightly more appraised. Did you have any more um, white-hot information on that? Well, the thing about Crane, it seemed, was that when he backed out, that made a lot of people really apprehensive about if he'd get approved by the other owners, sort of like with Mark Cuban trying to get in, maybe by the Dodgers. Uh, the owners, it's kind of like a, I don't know, like a country club, you know. You, if you don't want people to get in, you can block it, obviously. And uh, with Crane, there was some significant worry that could happen because he had a really bitter divorce about 10 years ago, and there was some questions about how he was making his money and if it was in a good way 
so to speak, but also because he had backed out. And anytime you have you have negative press, and then his divorce was compared to the uh, the McCourt fiasco in Los Angeles. There was just a lot of significant questions regarding Crane and if this was going to be right for him. Because after all, the Astros' sale is the second most high, second highest value of all time for major league franchises to change hands, with the Cubs being the number one. Uh, obviously, because because organizations don't change hands that much. But anyway, so with all the money at stake and with with getting into this this group of owners, there was a lot of question marks. But it seems like uh, Crane did well to kind of assuage their fears, and you know he got approved unanimously. And so you know we are where we are as a result. Do we know what business this this Jim Crane is involved in? He has his own business that he he started in. He became president of Eagle USA. It's yeah, president of Eagle USA Air Freight is what I what I read. So, um, obviously six hundred eighty million dollars. He's not light in the uh, in the pockets, but he's an air freight specialist. Yeah, basically speaking, yeah. I don't know much more details wise than that. That's where you make your money. That's where people make the big money is an air freight. You got it. Yeah. All right. Hey, listen, Brandon Warren. Thanks for uh, making your uh, maiden voyage on uh, no. Fangraphs Audio. No problem. You're going to go enjoy some hot dish? I think I'm going to wait for the wife to get home, and yeah, we'll have some hot dish together, and uh, you know, just try not to freeze to death, because it's like 27 degrees here today. Count snowflakes, maybe? Today it'll be easy, but it won't be so easy in about a week. All right. Well, thanks a lot for joining us, Brandon. Thank you. That's Brandon Warren. I'm Carson Sestouli, and this has been Fangraphs Audio. Fangraphs Audio.